We're on the air. Back. Well, party's starting early today, isn't it? To more of Early Break with Sip and Jay. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Once again, the Mike Schaefer Hour is sponsored by Trek CBD, 84th and Highway 2. If you have any questions for Mike, please call or text 402-464-5685. So we talked about recruiting. Uh, we'll get to baseball in a second with our trip to KC. But real quick, any, uh, we, O'Shawn Mathis will commit end of the month somewhere. Yep. Based on his visit on Saturday, how do you feel about Nebraska's chances with him? I think their chances are, are good. I, I think... Texas is going to be really hard to beat. I mean, just because Ooh, of oh, all the oh. different things that line up for him. Um, what there. exactly is that? Well, it's his former coach and Gary Patterson. It's okay. familiarity with playing in the Big 12 Conference. It's yep. uh, the most similar situation that he could be in relative to what he was at TCU. And it wasn't like he was unhappy at TCU. Change so, coaches, change coaches. Uh, you know, I, and it's, I think Nebraska made a hell of a pitch. I know that he and his family enjoyed the visit uh, quite a bit. I think some of it's going to come down to, you know, NIL packages and where do they feel like they can get the best on-the-job training. One thing, and this wasn't from the Mathis camp, but one thing another defensive lineman told me that I don't know that I've done a nice job highlighting in the past, especially with his recent move back now to being the defensive line coach, Mike Dawson's a former NFL assistant. So if you need someone that can give you real sort of insight as to where you have to go as a player to get to the NFL where, you know, a lot of these guys want to go, Dawson can do that more ably than some defensive line coaches can. And his experience as a former NFL assistant shouldn't be discounted at all. He's he's very much a player's coach. So I I don't and, and maybe you've heard otherwise, Steve, I don't know a lot of defensive line players or linebackers that haven't enjoyed working with him. I haven't yeah. So he by all accounts, he seems to be a real asset for several defensive linemen that visited this last weekend, and I yeah. would imagine that would be true for Mathis as well. The one thing I wonder what goes through Mathis's mind right now is where he would have an easier opportunity to get nine sacks. I would say it's in the Big 12. I would agree. Yeah. And I, now I wonder, I now he might too. look at it like, I want the challenge of – being in a league that's, mo- according to Eric Chenander, is most like the NFL. Right. Well, and that's that's the whole argument that Nebraska has to continue to make is if you get nine sacks in the Big Ten versus nine sacks in the Big 12, chances are you beat guys you're going to be trying to play on Sunday to that's, do it. That well, is well, look accurate. At, look at the guys this year. You got, you're going to have two Michigan guys, first defensive ends, Ojabo and, and Hutchinson go in the first round. Mm-hmm. As in, as Car- was Karloftis an end or a tackle? At Purdue? He was an end. He was an end. That's, he, that's another he's, a first, pass, another, Jake, he's a big pass rusher. Another first round pick. Yeah. Yep. So you have absolutely and NFL Boye, pedigree here. Uh, from Minnesota is going to be a second round pick. Yep. I mean, or yep. at least a day two pick. Um, and then you go back in recent years, you have a fair amount of pass rushers that have come out of the Big Ten because they have to deal with NFL-sized tackles. Yes, every, absolutely. Yeah. And it's not just, you know, because Nebraska plays Iowa and Wisconsin. It's literally every team in the conference. Illinois has a good offensive line, Big. especially now under Bielema. Mammoth, mammoth offensive line at <laughs> Illinois. Mammoth. Really? Yes. Brett Bielema getting um, it done. They... Yeah, this is a Chenander take. This is not a simple take. Chenander sells. I mean, he told me the Big Ten is is 
the most NFL-like conference of any of them, including the SEC. Yep. Size. Interesting. You know, we're talking about size mainly and phys- physical play. Especially for offensive line. And the way they play. Yeah. And style of play, most like the NFL. So you sell that to Mathis. Now, Mathis, you, you hope, would embrace that. He might say, well, I think I need to go pad my stats. My sack stats. Um, if that's the case, then yeah, that makes Texas even more alluring. I, I don't know. In uh, other recruiting questions, Mike says, uh, any status in terms of commits coming soon for Malachi Coleman or Maverick Noonan at all? You know, Maverick Noonan, I'm a little surprised. I thought that might have happened um, by now. It hasn't. I still mm. think Nebraska is a good shot. Uh, obviously, his dad, Danny, played. At Nebraska, looks like he could still suit up and be their best offensive lineman right now. I don't know if you saw him on the sidelines or not, but uh, he was a defensive lineman. Oh, excuse me. Yes, he um, was a middle guard. In fact, Shafe, he was he played over the center. Yeah, he well defense offense. It looks like he could still help. Nebraska he could probably play chances. offensive line though. Now that you mention it, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I I think that they're going to end up with Danny Noonan or geez, they're going to end up with Maverick Noonan. Um, it's just a matter of, of when he chooses to, to shut that down. Now, Malachi Coleman has said multiple times now, and I don't necessarily believe that it's going to play out this way, but he has said he could end up taking it to February of next year. And if that is what he chooses to do, that obviously puts a lot of stress on various recruiting staffs around the country. We'll, we will see if, if that's how it goes. But he was just out at Oregon. He was at Georgia um, before that. He has plans to take other visits this summer. He's been in con- great contact with Nebraska, whether it's Mickey Joseph or Barrett Rude or uh, Mike Dawson um, or just the recruiting staff. I think Nebraska is still the favorite for Malachi Coleman. Um, but if he chooses to really push this out and they don't have that strong of a year, it opens the door for, for other programs, certainly. Where else would Maverick go back to Maverick Noonan of Elkhorn? Missouri. Missouri is a team to watch there. I think he's been to Iowa State a couple times. I know that they went to Notre Dame, but I don't think he's been offered yet by Notre Dame. Uh, Those are kind of the teams I would keep an eye on. Kansas State is really involved there, I think, as well. Um, So those are are kind of the ones to to keep an eye on for now. You know what we haven't talked about, and I don't don't know how if you could possibly get a feel for this. I mean, I I wondered on Saturday what William Watson – thought of all the commotion about Dylan Rayola. Doesn't care. Doesn't he should I mean, so here's why he doesn't care, and this is basically he didn't care when I asked if they took another quarterback in the class, he didn't care. When I asked if he cared about Casey Thompson and Chubba Purdy and people transferring in, he didn't care. He basically has a mindset that wherever he goes he's gonna have to go win a job and he's gonna have to prove that he's better than someone. And as a as a shorter quarterback, he's already used to being doubted as it is anyways. He wants the opportunity to compete. If Nebraska is going to give him that, that's all he's asking for. And so I, he does not care about that. And he shouldn't because all he's ever done in his career is win. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's very successful. I think he has one total loss in his high wow. school career. Uh, he's very athletic. I, You know, he's not, from a physical standpoint, he's never going to be um, – a guy who jumps off the page, but from an athletic standpoint and from the ability of throwing a football, I mean, he's got an incredibly live arm. Uh, I know Brian Doan, our East Coast guy, has bumped him up a little bit and continues to think 
he could even threaten for four-star status if he has a good uh, spring and summer. His mechanics have gotten very, very clean. Um, and he, Brian actually said that he could be a guy that, you know, shows up and sort of forces the issue because he's so polished at an early enough age that, um, you know, maybe if Nebraska needs a quarterback in his redshirt freshman year, that's the kind of guy that could really surprise people down the line. So I, you know, from both my conversations with them, with talking with other people, I don't think the Watsons care what the, the quarterback depth chart is because their job is to come in and shake it up. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful. I, I hope that's an Embrace accurate portrayal. Well, that's what they're saying, how they yeah. feel and how they act, two different things. But I, I take them at their word. I, I mean, too. And, and part of it is if your mentality is everyone's doubted you at every turn and you're a kid from Massachusetts, so therefore it's already regarded as a, you're a Northeast quarterback, that can't be good. You know? Yeah. So I, I think that he thrives when people doubt him. That's the read that I've gotten on William Good. Watson. That's so. good. That's a good – I love that. That's – you know, and it's a very interesting conversation to me, too. I think as a coach with Dylan Rayola in town and William Watson in town, if I were a coach, I would be careful not to, to, to lavish Dylan Rayola with too much attention while my 2023 quarterback mm-hmm. is there. I <laughs> – I would be very. I would be very cognizant. I would be very cognizant of that. And here's another reason why he didn't care about Dylan Rayola being in town. He was busy trying to talk and peer recruit all the 2023s and basically sell them on Nebraska and uh, you know his own form of a purity test. He wants guys that win. That sounds like a. He wants guys that want to win. Sounds like a dude. So if they were there and all they care about is a photo shoot or whatever, Mm -hmm. he was moving on to somebody else who wanted to talk about how Nebraska was going to get better and. All that stuff. I mean, that's that's his mentality. That's what you mean. People are really going to like William Watson the more he it talks. It sounds it's, like it's that. It's pretty rare that you have a spring game where the quarterback coming in next year is is not even the biggest story because it's well, the year after that the I guy think, you're going after. And I think as a staff, you have to manage that. And I, you don't well, want to show Well, I think Ripple's good because yeah. his relationship with the Watsons good is point. rock solid. Yeah. There's no concern that he's going to get ignored when he shows up here because he's known mm-hmm. uh, Mark Whipple since he was in sixth grade when he first started going to camps mm-hmm. at, at UMass and working with them. So I, I think that relationship prevents any real fear of being overshadowed. Right. Overshadowed. Um, yeah, I'm not saying – I'm not – yeah, God hope they wouldn't ignore him. Even overshadow, <laughs> yeah. even overshadow. Yeah, I would, cons- yeah. I wouldn't like that. If I'm the head coach, if I'm meeting with Dylan Rayola on that that weekend, last weekend, I'm also making sure I'm meeting with William Watts. Yeah, and he he, he is was, the guy yeah. in your fold now. Yep. In fact, if I were the head coach, I might show a little more attention to the guy who's chosen me. Yeah. Well, and I don't, I don't feel right? like they felt slighted at all. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a making great, a mountain out of Aloha. He had a great weekend. Yeah, I hope so. Um, it just was sort of interesting the disparity of interest uh, between From one, the and they were on opposite sidelines, which also yeah. adds to the whole narrative thing yeah. of it too. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel very good about William Watson as Nebraska. I like what you. I like the picture class. you paint. I feel good about him. I think he has a sort of mentality that people will rally around. I like the picture, Jake. William Watson. William Watson. 2023 He goes by Pops. Watson, oh, it's even better. I like Pops. That's great. Oh, I lost my game show below here. <laughs> In our future of cloud survey, Deloitte discovered two approaches to innovation. Those who look at the new technologies and changes swirling around them and wonder what's possible. And those who use cloud to engineer their possible. Generating new revenue, advancing processes, and sparking cultures of innovation. Learn more about what separates these cloud innovators. Download.
closing the cloud strategy, technology, and innovation gap at Deloitte.com slash US slash cloud survey. If you just missed it, yeah, I got my game show. It slid below the thing. I got it though. We're slid gonna, below what thing? The, uh, the board. The board. The board. How we make this show happen. <laughs> When's your costume change? I'm not changing costumes today. I changed costumes at the Royals game on Monday. Me and Schaefer made a little road trip down. Kaufman. I'd like to suggest game. that to anybody. If you have a chance like on, for a Monday afternoon game, there, there is nobody there. There's no line. It was incredible. It was amazing. The there was weather, maybe 8,000 people. Yeah, there. it was incredible. That, that'd be, that's any ballpark, though. Who, right. who can go to a Monday game at 115? In April. When school is still going on, so it's not like you got a bunch yeah. of bus. We had like seventy degree weather. Like it was that. sunny. There was yeah. no lines for concessions. We walked around. Your we seats were right by the third base dugout. Three yeah, rows we up. Three rows up. Yeah. Two, ro- two rows up. Two rows you up. You could yeah. smell the grass. I did. You I smelled did. the grass. You smelled it. You're right there. Jake loves the smell. We had, of grass. we had great views of Bobby Witt Jr. and Jose Ramirez and Stephen Kwan and yeah, Andrew Benintendi. Right. Basically, the four best. Hitters or four of the better hitters were all on that side. Stephen I mean, Kwan has he? It was an interesting. Stephen game. Kwan's about my size, right? Uh yeah, he's not big. Yeah, he's maybe an inch taller. Has he missed the baseball yet this year? So he had a check swing that was called a strike, and that is the closest he has come to a swing. Still, was he zero He has not struck out since the start of spring training this year. <laughs> he went zero and four yesterday. He might have but, struck out yesterday. Okay, but I'm not okay. I didn't see yeah, if he struck out yesterday. Yeah. he had had contact on every pitch. He every reached pitch. base the most times of any rookie since before 1901 in his first four games. Um, so there's a lot hey, of excitement. And now you're in a four-game win streak. And, and they keep oh, scoring like 10 runs a game. Yeah, it's very so, weird. Yeah, 0-2 oh start. The, the Guardians. Now, this could be why Schaefer's so spry today, by the way. Well, yeah, he had Owen Miller, two home well, runs yesterday. Yes way, Jose. Sure. Yeah, Jose uh, Ramirez is, a, <laughs> Jose is on a heater right now. He is on a <laughs> is tear. Is that why you're spry? Oh, he's doing his he's slamming three, home runs. Three homers already. Yeah. Uh, the Guardians cannot be stopped. How about the Royals? How are they doing? Well, I'm just asking. Well, they had, yesterday's game was postponed against the Cardinals. They lost six which to five. Which is a win for them, right? If you don't, if you can't, if you don't play them, it's it's not a loss, which is good. So take the W. But they didn't play. It's not a W. The Royals are two and three. <laughs> they host the Tigers for a series starting tonight in KC. Okay. Which uh, they need to get some wins. All right, I think Zach Greinke on the mound tonight. Greinke again? I believe so. Yeah. That's how it goes. You fight them out. Five-man yeah. rotation. <laughs> He's They're coming out of the assisted living <laughs> facility. Yeah. Yeah. Bringing back. Hey, he had a good first game. And beat your Guardians. Thank you very much. Let's play the game show. Give us a call right now at 464-5685. Your chance to win a business box of bagels to Bagels and Joe. Sip is 2-1 and one on the week. Going for a winning week today with Mike Schaefer. I think Schaefer will be very helpful today. Today's topic is a throwback Thursday. Yesterday... Clayton Kershaw had a chance to have a perfect game. He was perfect through seven innings, 13 strikeouts, no hits, no walks, no hit by pitches. The, they take him out at 80 pitches so he doesn't finish the game. So in honor of what should have been a potential perfect game, we're going to do previous MLB perfect games. I'll tell you the team and the year and the team they were going against. What pitcher was it? What pitcher had the perfect game? That's a tough one. 4-6-4. Four, four. Lines are... Five, six, eight, five. Shut up, Simple. Starts right now. We've all been there. You're listening to the radio, and then that rage starts to grow inside of you. It starts to consume you. It gets to a point where you just want to yell, Shut up, Simple! <clears throat> no, sorry. I'm sorry. Well, here's your chance. It's time to shut up, Simple. Call now to play. 464 5685. 
Shut up, Sipple. Brought to you by Bagels and Joe. All right, 464-5685. Call the takedown Sip and Trivia. He is going for a winning week before tomorrow's Film Friday. I know Schaefer's got to feel good about perfect games in Major League Baseball Pretty history. Pretty good. Pretty good. Sip? How, I feel awful. Yeah. Come on. That's why you play the game. I mean, if, if, it, if it's in the 70s or 80s, I might be okay. Well, there might be one of those. Okay. You never know. We got Chris in the line. Chris, how do you feel about Major League Baseball perfect games? Not very good, apparently. He hung up. Let's try again. I heard Chris. Chris was definitely there. I don't think he liked the topic. So Ooh. now the line's open. We have a, we got a line Dodge open for you. the topic. Don't be scared. Major League Baseball perfect game. Schaefer might have scared him away. I could. I, I could hear. I, I I fully expected the trivia for today would just be from Jake and I's trip to Kansas City on Monday, and we would just force the listeners and you to make guesses. Kansas on City that. landmarks. What did I eat for lunch on <laughs> Monday's baseball game at Kansas City? What's the place? I was trying to think of this the other night in bed for some reason. It, there's the Plaza, and then there's our Westport. Yeah, yeah. Westport. Westport is great. Is that still thriving? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, Westport's great. All right, Chris is back. Chris, uh, are you ready to play the game? Well, Jake, yeah, this is. I got Brad with me. He's my oh. baseball guy. I'm like, I'm like Steve. I, I, I feel kind of nauseous about this subject. This is this is, is, Bald- our, is, this is Chris our, with the Baldwin this show. Is our Chris? Yeah, he's on a different phone line. Yeah. Okay, and you have a lifeline too. I'm here with the step, Brad. Brad. Oh, hi, Brad. Brad's there. Brad, Brad, you you are with Chris a lot. I like this. He can. Brad can be a lifeline, right? That's fine. All right, just one lifeline, though, no, Brad. That's it. No. All right. All right, Schaefer's a lifeline for one, Brad's a lifeline for one. Here we go. Chris, first question goes to you. What left-handed White Sox pitcher threw a perfect game against the Rays on July 23, 2009? Oh, boy. Chris. This is to Chris. Dig deep. White Sox pitcher in 2009. Five. Whoa. Four. Three. Was it was David Wells with him then? David Wells is the guest. Not David Wells. All right, I got Me and Schaefer have to confer. How, how do you feel about this? So I know of a White Sox pitcher that threw a perfect game in April of 2008 or so. I don't know that this is the same White Sox because I don't know that he has two perfect games. So I'm not. You said. July 23rd? No, it's July 23rd, 2009. Yeah. So We're I, under no pressure. Yeah, here. so it's, I would just pass on yes, this. Pass. The answer was Mark Burley. So he threw two perfect games? I don't think so. He threw one in, like, April of uh, 2008. We'll, we'll check on that. that is Dwayne Wise made an incredible game. or He, like, robbed a home run to keep the perfect game alive. God, that's a difficult we'll check the stats. That's that. really difficult. All right. Uh, Mar- Mark Burley is really Mark difficult. Burley was a great that, pitcher. That would have been my answer because that's yeah. who I knew threw it in that one game. But Mark Burley's a great pitcher. Okay. I, at least I thought that was in uh, All right. April. We'll check it out during the break. Uh, so there was snow. For the for – the, lead. Here's your first question. What right-handed A's pitcher threw a perfect game against the Twins on May 8th, 1968? Right-handed A's pitcher. That's right. That would be Vita Blue. (laughs) Chris and Brad, do you want to steal that one or not? You betcha. I'm going to try this one. That's out of my era. 2009, Jake. I I got corns on my feet older than that. Ouch. Ouch. Okay, I'm, I'm going to say that's Jim Catfish Hunter. 
And you would be correct. Catfish Hunter. Blue, a left-hander? Uh, we'd have to Google that. <laughs> we got to Google the per- Mark Burley perfect games. Yeah. All right, Chris and Brad, for the win, your last question up 1-0. to zero. What left-handed Rangers pitcher threw a perfect game against the Angels on July 28, 1994? Oh, boy. 1994, left-handed Rangers pitcher. Five seconds, guys. Brad. Ed, Ed Chris. Five. Four. Three. Now, Jake, we don't, we're, uh, I, nothing's coming to mind. All right. I'll give you the horns. Mm-hmm. Okay. This you guys don't have to steal this. If you Sh- miss it and get it wrong, game's over. Schaefer seems to know. I would be surprised if it's not uh, Kenny Rogers. Kenny <laughs> Rogers is correct. The Kenny gambler. All yeah, right, really the gambler. All but, right, Sip, yeah. you're on your own now here. The gambler. And if you miss this, uh, Chris and Brad can steal this and go for the win. I'm on my own. Is, yeah, you're by yourself. For the win, Sip, what right-handed Mariners pitcher threw a perfect game against the Rays on August 12th, 2000, sorry, August 15th, 2012? Mariners pitcher. I mean, I, I can just say the last name. Sure. You know, I saw the Mariners play the Royals around that time. It's all right. And a big dude pitched. Um, Five. I'm going to say Martinez. <laughs> Chris and Brad, do you want that or are we going to the tiebreaker? Yeah, we'll take that. Go ahead. Is it Felix Hernandez? I'm sorry? Felix Hernandez oh, is the Felix correct Hernandez. answer. That's who King, I think I saw pitch. Also known as King he Felix. Jake, this was a tremendous upset. Oh, well, I don't know about that. I mean, Schaefer helped out for Sip's one question. He got right. Hear but that? He says a tremendous Congrats, upset. guys. We'll get you bagels. Thanks for calling in and, and calling down the road. Hey, Mike, good, good hearing your voice again. Good to hear you as well, Chris. I almost said C, but I can't actually see you. That's right. Thank right, you, thanks, guys. guys. Thanks. Good job, guys. A tough loss for you guys today. Yeah, it was Schaefer. I still lost. Hey, but he got a question right, so he did his job. Yeah. Horrible performance here. By yeah. The yeah. It happens sometimes. It's the way it goes. You had a chance to win, and it was stolen from you because you didn't get it right. Felix Hernandez. You call him the king? King Felix. King Felix. That's what his name is. He's Yeah, I now. believe I saw him pitch in Kansas City. Well, he probably did. He was a great pitcher. Very good. Spillover is next on Early Break on the Ticket. Guys, are you worried that you're losing your hair? Do you look in the mirror and see less hair looking back at you? Maybe you're thinking, it's cool, I'll shave it. Or I'll just wear a hat from now on. Or maybe even, I'll just break the bank to get plugs. But before you shave, hide, or replace your hair, have you thought about regrowing it? Because there are effective FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. Not just once, but every month. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to roco slash regrow. Do it today, and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash regrow. 